Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Really exciting stuff. We're moving forward. I'm telling you what Authors Month. Oh, man, Authors Month here on WIRN Internet Radio. And this, my friends, is TalkShoe.com. Oh, yeah, why do we use TalkShoe? Well, it's free. <laughs> it's free to do a two-hour show right here on TalkShoe.com. I pay nothing to do this show. So I'm proud of that. I am proud of that. And we can tape and we can record and we can archive these great shows as well. So that's why I love talk shoes. So that's why we're here right now. Um, and we have a great author uh, coming on. We have three great authors actually today, all half hour shows, uh, you know. And uh, we have uh, Anne Dinshaw with us, we have uh, she, uh, uh, Shannon Williams. And we have uh, Belle Whittington and, and really great authors, you know, coming up today. Uh, and I have to say, you know, beautiful day outside. You know, it is hot, but it's a beautiful day here in Staten Island, New York. And I have to say, you know, did get out there and read the fresh air today. And, uh, you know, it was, it was nice. It was really nice, ladies and gentlemen, to get out there and brush, brush, breathe, breathe. I can't speak. Breathe the fresh air. Uh, and moving forward, you know, I, with these author shows, I mean, these author shows are really, you know, important to me being I'm an author. And I learn, you know, how to publish, how to, you know, get my books out there, how to market, how to promote, you know, through all the great people that come on to these shows and talk about their books. I also learn about the author. I learn about the books. I learn about the various expressions uh, and writing styles with these great authors, and we talked about a bevy of topics, ladies and gentlemen, a bevy of topics, you know, and today, our first author, we're going to talk about veganism, and that's exciting, ladies and gentlemen, you know, because we never talked about that on our author shows here, it's a brand new topic for us, you know, and hey, why not, you know, why not talk about it, you know, get it out there and be open-minded about different things, you know, hey, I mean, me per se, I'm not a vegan, but there are plenty of vegans that I know, you know, and, and now Anne is one of those people, you know, so, I mean, uh, it, it's, it's great to learn new and improved things, you know, it's great to open up your mind to new things, you know, even, you know, even if you, it's tough to, you know, get out of the old habit, you know, it doesn't mean you know, that you can't listen to somebody else and understand what somebody else does, you know. And, and that's the, the main thing, ladies and gentlemen, about life, is that you need to open up your mind, even if you don't do that specific thing. You don't need to be pushed into it. You just learn about it. Big deal. You know, you learn about it. You open up your mind. And I think that's an important thing, ladies and gentlemen, to learn, learn, learn. Yes, if you're not learning, then you're dead. 
You know, basically, if you're not learning, you're dead. You know, you have a dead brain. You know, I mean, so you've got to open up your mind, get that information in there, filter it out, write it down, bring it to your family and friends, and bring them here to this great show right here on Talk Show, Author's Nook Channel, okay? And we are going to move forward with this great show. We're going to start talking with Ann Dinshaw. Hey, uh, Ann, how you doing? Hi there. Great to how be here. So, so glad that you're going to spend your dinner time with me. Oh, yeah. This is dinner time, and I, and I am excited to learn about veganism. Yes, I am very excited to learn about it. As I said, Ann, I, I did have a few friends uh, that uh, got me into, you know, various videos. I've seen various videos on veganism and, you know, how speciesism, they call it, and, you know, how not to kill an animal and this, that, and the other thing, and how not to kill fish and how not to eat, you know, a living being or an earthling, per se, you know. So if you if you bring that into it, you know, you say, wow, yeah, they are living, breathing creatures, you know, on earth, so they're earthlings, just like we are. They just don't have the capacity to talk, <laughs> you know. Uh, so when it comes down to it, I mean, what do you say about veganism? Well, I think it's interesting that you've seen some very powerful films, documentaries, and um, the way that you phrased it is all to not do this, not do the other, and that's so much of what people think veganism is. It's not hurting the animals. But really, it's much easier to start out on learning what it is. It is learning about the bounty of plant foods, the things that we should be fueling our body with, the whole grains, the legumes, the fruits, the vegetables, the things that are really delicious. They come in a variety of colors and flavors. And to really just open up your mind when you go shopping to trying a whole lot of new plant foods that you might not be used to eating. And as you increase the amount of plant foods, then you find that it's a whole lot easier to get rid of the animal foods as opposed to attacking it with, oh, I got to stop this and I got to stop that. I like to think of it more in the positive. That's interesting how you put, bring that up. I'm always like a positive guy. I'm a positive guy, and I bring up that all the time, and I say to myself, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, not to say that you have to stop something and be negative, but, you know, just add new things you know, to your diet, per se, yeah. you know, and, and new things, you know, to your dinner, you know, per se, you know, yeah. and, and, and learn, you know, about various things you can eat that are plant-based, mm-hmm. you know, because, yeah, I think you're right in that respect. I mean, you get a lot more vitamins and a lot more minerals from plants, I think, than you do from eating animals, per se, you know. You, you can. There's yeah. there's a lot of variety in plant foods, and you know, I try to make it fun. So when you tell me, hey, you know, I, I haven't really eaten a lot of vegan food, but, you know, I'm interested in trying and, you know, happy to have a new vegan friend here, um, usually I'll start out with asking a guy what are his three favorite vegetables. Like, you know, if we're on our first date and things are going pretty well, you get those usual questions like uh, what do you do for work, you know, what's your favorite hobby, those kind of things. I throw out there what's your three favorite vegetables, and I learn a lot about a guy. So how about it? What what are your Three favorite vegetables. Oh, yeah. Well, three favorite vegetables would have to be uh, lettuce, uh, tomatoes, and cucumbers. 
Lettuce, tomatoes, and cucumbers. Well, you're pretty easy. <laughs> I I could feed you a, a traditional salad and uh, the stereotypical vegan fare and uh, rabbit food, and you'd be really happy. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, I, I like a challenge, so I might see how many different ways I could present that to you. So not just as a salad and not just fixings for your veggie burger. Um, but, uh, you know, for, for you, if you give me this, I might have to expand it and say, you know, Hey, do you have uh can you give me six, you know, can we, can we get a few more there so that I can hey, really make cool. a delicious main dish and a dessert? Cause that's what people really need. They're not going to be turned on by salad. Well, okay. There are ways to turn on by salad, but uh, you know, it's, it's really the main dish and, and the dessert that sets the tone of, of the meal and what people remember. So well, tell me a little I, more. What do you like? Yeah, well, I like mushrooms. Mushrooms are really exciting. I, I like, um, what else do I like? I like squash. I'm a big squash guy. And uh, I also like um, celery. And I like, uh, what else do I like? That that's a Well, that's good. You gave me three more. So yes. mushrooms, yes. squash, and celery. So then I can come up with a ton of different really cool main dishes that use squash and celery and mushrooms. I'm thinking a roasted vegetable dish, or maybe I'll do like a, a mushroom burger where it's a mushroom sautéed. Uh, maybe I'll do like a casserole that uses some legumes in there because it's really important to get the whole greens and the legumes. I'm, I'm asking you your favorite vegetables because that makes things you know very colorful with different vegetables. Uh, but I can easily put in some, some beans, uh, some grains, you know, maybe I'll do like a, a lentil dish because uh, lentils are pretty quick quick to cook with some mushrooms and the celery and squash in there. Maybe I'll serve it on a bed of rice or quinoa or couscous or, or something else um, yeah. that you like. And, and it's really easy to make. And if, um, you know, if, if I really like you, which, uh, you know, that's the whole point of, of going on a date or, or even just hanging out with your friends. I mean, you don't have to be romantically interested in someone to have a great time in the kitchen. I'll invite you to, to come over to dinner at 5 o'clock and we'll be serving dinner at 6 o'clock or whatever works for your time schedule. And we'll hang out together making things. And then you'll see that, hey, it's not hard to wash a mushroom. It's not intimidating to chop celery. And it could be a lot of fun doing this together in the kitchen. So That's I'll just make it really easy. That's interesting. Really interesting. Uh, you know, I, uh, why not? Why not give it a try? You know, I got, you know, I got a couple of questions for you now. I guess based on, you know, the, the book that I'm seeing first is, is Dating Vegans. Okay. Now, when it comes to, I guess, veganism, per se, I mean, is it hard to find a mate? Because not a lot of people out there, a, a select few people out there are vegans, would a vegan actually go out with somebody that eats meat? Well, that, that's the whole reason why, why we have the book Dating Vegans, because if, <laughs> if the only criteria of finding somebody dateable was to eat the same type of thing, um, yeah. it wouldn't be that hard. But there are so many other things that make people 
compatible with each other that for me vegan is just one of many things so the odds of finding a person who's vegan plus I'm attracted to in all these other ways like I like a guy who's intelligent athletic and healthy that's my top three and vegan is definitely on the list but it's not in the top three because I, I think if someone's intelligent athletic and healthy he'll like hanging out with me and we'll eventually wind up eating a lot of good vegan dishes together and you know we'll see where it goes but I'm not going to rule him out just because he hasn't had the same backgrounds and opportunities that I have uh, when it comes to learning how to eat plants. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. you know, you just, uh, you just got to have an open mind. And I've got a lot of friends who are vegan who were complaining that they couldn't find someone to date uh, because they've now changed their own personal values. And uh, I also know a few people who have dated people who happen to be vegan. They're like, oh, I'm dating this person. They're vegan. Now what do I do with them? Uh, like they're an alien or something. <laughs> so okay. we really wrote the book for both sides. So both sides, whether you're the vegan or the person who's not vegan, who happen to come together in a relationship for one reason or another, that you can find success together. Okay. Okay, yeah, now, because I always thought, you know, vegans look for vegans. You know, and, and when it comes down to it, I mean, there is a select few people out there that are just primarily vegan. I mean, well, you it's also... a growing population, but it's it's only up to 2% that are saying that they're officially vegan every day. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to limit myself to 2% of the population. And then <laughs> within right. that, you've got to find a single guy that you're attracted to. Uh, yeah, that's not going to happen so easily. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> I, mean, so I, I figure I'm a good cook, and so that, that really helps a lot because, you know, if I offer to cook, I haven't had too many guys turn down my cooking. Oh, that's good. That's and then thing. for the people who don't cook, I give you really easy recipes that, you know, if you can make a couple of good dishes, you can kind of fake your way through a whole week of meals. You just get a couple of friends who are also interested in cooking vegan and say, hey, I'll cook on Monday night, you cook on Wednesday night, and our other friend cooks on Friday night, and we all go out to eat on Saturday night. Something like that. You cook and you make enough for you and your friends and have leftovers the next night. It, it's really not that hard when you when you get some some sort of a team going. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, I mean, you wouldn't think about, you know, hey, uh, hey, this guy eat meat, uh, this guy eats meat. I'm not going to kiss him on the lips or something like that. I mean, <laughs> there are people that think that way, though. There, there definitely are, and I have some really good friends who um, they call. There's a term for that. They call it vegan sexual. Uh, that's people who will only date other vegans, whether that's kissing or going much further with that. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, that's just not practical. Um, you know, maybe if I lived in California, I could have my pick of the vegans and there'd be plenty of them, but uh, usually there are not so many people in my <laughs> life who are vegan um, that I'm within kissing distance. So, um, no, that's not one of my rules. Uh, I do have a lot of friends who have, you know, different things in place, like you have to brush your teeth first or, um, you know, not eat meat on that day or not at the, the meal when I'm going to kiss you or whatever. Um, you know, really to me it comes down to respect. If someone respects me and they're willing to learn and they're interested in what I'm doing and they, you know, they are someone that I would be interested in kissing whether they, because I'm attracted to them, <laughs> then, you know, I'm not going to hold it against them that they were brought up eating meat. Um, mm -hmm. However, 
it is different if they try to force their meat on me. Oh, yeah, um, of course. You know, so if, if they respect me and they respect my views, they're eventually going to learn things being with me. And, um, you know, that's that's just what I've chosen that that is okay for me. Um, you know, I, I don't... I don't chastise people for for having a different viewpoint from me, mm-hmm. um, but I, I have learned that I can't kiss a smoker. So, you know, oh. some people are like, "But that's a plant." You know, how can you? Oh, <laughs> 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 you know, it's it's personal personal taste, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so let's get into some of these other books. We we uh, I don't want to run out of time here. Uh, so let's uh, talk about vegan mess uh, powerful vegan messages. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that book? Yes, well, that brings us back to to the culture that we were talking about. Um, I grew up as a lifetime vegan, and so that means that my parents were both vegan. My dad became vegan after touring a slaughterhouse in Philadelphia in 1957, mm-hmm. and then he founded the American Vegan Society in 1960. Oh, wow. So this book is really... Um, I co-authored his book. He passed away in 2000, so it's his posthumous work. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of his stories about compassion, a lot of uh, brilliant quotes that he said back in the 50s and 60s, and things that are really inspiring today about how we should treat not only animals, but also our fellow human beings. And so I just felt that it was work that needed to be brought out today. And um, I also had a lot of friends who contributed chapters about how my dad inspired their lives. Mm-hmm. And so that's our new book, Powerful Vegan Messages. That's awesome. That is great. Um, so he seems like a pioneer in the whole vegan community if he started that big organization. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, he um, he definitely was one that uh, got the ball rolling Um he, he used to say that people call me a crank, but it takes a crank to get things going. <laughs> and so he's he's, wide, <laughs> he's widely credited as being the father of the vegan movement in America. Wow, um, awesome. Yes, but he also is very, um, you know, not very well known uh, because he did die in 2000, and most people today get all their information on the Internet. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, back in the 60s or 70s, if you wanted to read about, uh, veganism and you were in the United States odds were you came across one of his books and now there are so many other books which is great um, but it's it's time to you know reacquaint people with a little bit of vegan history and also empower them on how they can use it in their lives today mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well let's talk about this kids book this one looks fun let's talk about this kids book that you got here well, the, the kids' book is Apples, Bean, Dip, and Carrot Cake, Kids Teach Yourself to Cook. And my mom is Freya Dinshaw. Freya actually wrote the very first vegan cookbook in this country back in 1965. It's called The Vegan Kitchen. And uh, she's noticed that uh, through the years, the health of children has gotten worse. And so she wanted to empower kids because a lot of parents don't know how to cook. And um, so, of course, she's a very busy lady because she's now president of American Vegan Society. (laughs) So she asked me to co-author with her. And um, we had 26 kids, uh, 25 of whom are not vegan. 
and they helped us. So all these kids vouch for these being really great recipes, really easy to do. Um, any kid will like making these recipes and eating them. Uh, the whole book happens to be vegan, but it's really marketed for any kid at all who um, has an interest in eating because kids can then help determine what gets made in the kitchen and be a really good asset to the parents. And then the adults can just sit back and supervise and uh, – the whole family can be eating great. So what do you say to like a school or something like that? Do you think, uh, you know, maybe vegans could start teaching the schools to start doing some of this stuff? Because it's usually the schools that give them the crappy food, Mm -hmm. you know? Yes, definitely. A lot of a lot of people have taken this book into schools and they've done cooking classes, hands-on cooking classes with kids of a variety of ages, and the kids just love it. Uh, they love getting their hands right into the food. They are creating masterpieces. It's it's artwork, and what better than to have a piece of art that you can then eat? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's been very successful as a tool for cooking classes as well as for home use. Yeah, because I, I I remember the stuff that I used to eat in school. I, you know, I mean, like uh, a salad would be much better. <laughs> you know, honestly, to tell you the truth, the stuff that I was given in school. I mean, like uh, mac and cheese and this stuff. When I when I was going to school, I, mean, I would have much rather had a salad, honestly, yeah. or or some sort of a a sandwich of some kind. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, rather than you know you know, just, uh, you know, mac and cheese, that's, you know, not very healthy, per se, for a kid, you know, and, you know, obesity is an issue, you know, and I think, you know, eating, you know, green leafy lettuce and stuff like that will take the weight off, too, and and obesity of some sort, you know. Um, What do you think about that? I mean, do you think, yeah. I think, again, it comes back to culture. A lot of times the parents are so busy, um, they're they're in a rut, they just do fast food, they, they eat without really thinking about it, they just kind of, they're on automatic pilot. Mm-hmm. And so when kids realize that they have the option to eat the healthier fruits and vegetables and to learn about whole grains, kids are really excited to learn. So uh, this book gives them the opportunity to just, Um, pick up the book and start flipping through it and help the parents make a shopping list. And so it's not just apples, bean dip, and carrot cake. There are a lot of other um, recipes in this book. But we thought that was a cute name because it's got the A, B, and C. And then we also started making videos. So if you're on YouTube, if uh, you haven't gotten a chance to check them out yet, we have a channel called Kids Teach Yourself to Cook, which is the subtitle of our book. And we've got kids who are starting to make videos – using these recipes, and they're having a great time in the kitchen doing it. Wow, that would be awesome. I would love to share some of those on my on my wall. That would be great. Yeah, that would you're, be you're welcome to. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, you know, I'm a big compo- uh, you know, proponent of, of kids eating healthy, you know, because I see so many kids getting obese now from the food that they're eating in schools, you know, and it's, it's just not healthy. I mean, like the, the diabetes rate has gone up you know, various diseases rates have gone up, you know, and, uh, you know, I think if they would eat a lot more healthier in school, I think that's, that's an issue. That's mm-hmm. a major issue. I, I don't even think it really has to do much with the, with the household. I think it has to do a lot with the schools, you know, what the, the schools are, are, are giving them to eat, you know? So. Well, I, th- I think it's both. Um, yeah. 
I think kids uh, often don't eat breakfast, come to school hungry, they'll eat whatever's put in front of them because it's what the cafeteria provides. But if you give them options, I think most kids want to make good choices. They want to feel good. And if you tell them a little bit about how these foods are healthier, I think it works out great. There are also a lot of adults who secretly buy our kids' cookbook and are teaching themselves how to cook, how to chop safely with a knife, how to Uh use a stove safely and remember to turn off the oven when you're done. Just basic things like that that (laughs) most cookbooks don't teach you. And a lot of adults have never learned how to safely work in the kitchen. And I think they're a little afraid of it, but there's no reason to be afraid of making good food. Wow, really interesting stuff. So let's get into this other book here, uh, The Four Ingredients Vegan. Uh, Why don't we talk a little bit about this, Quick, Easy, and Delicious. Yes. uh, Different recipes. That basically the book um, assumes that you own salt, pepper, oil, and water. So it it has uh, four main ingredients um, in each recipe. And not that you necessarily need those other ingredients in them, but, you know, there may be some recipes that that have a couple extra things because of that. And um, it's just trying to make it really simple. So just like how I started out asking you what are your three favorite vegetables, that's really how I helped with this book was uh, when my friend Mary Beth needed some additional recipes, I started asking some of the rowers who I coached uh, what their favorite vegetables were and they had to tell me and then from that I invited them over for brunch and I had them test a lot of recipes and each recipe has literally four ingredients so you make a shopping list there's four ingredients for each recipe and they're they don't take long to make you don't have to have a lot of skills Um, it's ingredients that you can readily get in any supermarket Mm-hmm. And it's a great introductory book for most people who just have not really experienced much in the way of vegan cuisine. And, um, you know, they might be a little intimidated, but when you find out your friend's coming to dinner and, oh, no, they're vegan, um, what do I do? It's yeah. a great go-to book. Oh, interesting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's chat a little bit about the, uh, it looks like the three recipes that you have on the front of this here. What, what's this big one on the top here? Uh, it looks like um, cheese and vegetables. It, it looks like uh, uh, peppers, possibly, and, and tomatoes. You know what I'm talking about on the cover? Uh, on the cover of the Four Ingredient Vegan? Um uh, I'm going to be honest with you, those are recipes uh, that Mary Beth made, so I'm mm. not as familiar with the with the recipes that are on the cover, but I can assure you that they're all delicious and they only have four ingredients in each of them. Wow, okay. Wow, and, it really looks good. It does look very good. It good. Does. Okay. Get yourself a copy and, uh, you know, you can invite me over for dinner. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, there's nothing sexier than a guy who cooks a vegan meal for you. You know, or or whatever, if if you have a particular thing, like some people have a nut allergy, some people are doing gluten-free, whatever it is, you know, if a guy actually um, takes interest and asks you what you're allergic to, what is it that you don't like, which is the other question that I usually ask people along with your your three favorite vegetables is, I want to make sure that you're comfortable coming over for dinner. I want to make sure that you're looking forward to it as much as I am. 
So um, I, I have a lot of fun with that, and I put people at ease. And I think yeah. that's really a lot about making a connection where you don't look at it as, oh, they're vegan, I'm not vegan, how are we ever going to get along? But, hey, you know, we're having a good meal together, and then, you know, the, the good discussion about other topics comes about, and we all get along well. That's good. Uh, now, my next question is, per se, you know, you're the vegan, and, you know, the guy is, is a meat eater, per se. I mean, do you push your values on him? I, I do not believe in pushing, but um, I think that most people just have not had the same opportunities to learn about things as I have. Okay. And so most of the guys that I've had over for dinner are guys who really have not eaten much vegan food before. They never knew that it could be so delicious, so easy to make. <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, we we just we just have a have a lot of fun. I I don't believe in pushing anyone because then I wouldn't be respecting their values, and yeah. I want them to respect me. And I think it's a two way street. At the same time, if there is an opportunity to work into the conversation, having respect for the other creatures on this planet as well, and thinking of some as being lives that are valued, then I think that's important. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, and uh, we actually have another half hour. We could use, utilize another half hour with you because, unfortunately, our next guest uh, just told me she's stuck in traffic and she don't think she's going to make it. So we could actually continue talking more veganism. This, this is great. Is great. <laughs> yeah. I knew you'd be back for a second helping. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm back for a second helping, yes. Um, so when it comes down to it, um, and... You watch these, you know, very sad, you know, videos and TV shows, you know, say on Nat Geo Wild and, you know, and, and on, on TV, you know, where people are killing animals, animals are killing animals. But what do you say to that as a vegan? What do you say to that as a vegan? Well, I think it's different when it's animals killing animals. Um, there, there are different uh, differences in us versus, say, the tiger or the lion. And so I'm not going to debate the biological facts of, of them, but I think when it's people killing animals, then we really need to think about, is that really what we're designed to do? Is that really what we enjoy doing? And for most of us, no. What we enjoy doing is going to the supermarket and picking up something that's wrapped in cellophane that is meat. And we don't really think about the animal. And so we're so far removed from the process that if you could go to a slaughterhouse like my dad did in 1957 and really see and feel and smell what goes on there, I don't think too many people would be that interested in eating meat. Right, right. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't actually go to one, but I witnessed one on that movie that I saw. You know, I saw uh, Earthlings. And, uh, you know, I have to say, you know, that was uh, a pretty interesting video in itself because, you know, you really learn a lot. You, you really learn a lot, you know, uh, with that particular video because, first of all, you've seen everything that's going on and not really appetizing, honestly, you know, when you're watching that, you know, but it's not only the slaughterhouses. I also have to think about, hey, let's look at the poor dogs and cats, 
you know, that are getting uh, thrown into these um, pens, you know, and, and being killed off because there's an overpopulation of them. You know, and you also have to look at, hey, look at these circuses and look at things like SeaWorld, you know, uh, captivity, per se. You know, when you look at, you know, the various things out there that, you know, can really hurt animals, and you say, ah, you know, a lot of Americans say, and a lot of people out there would say, ah, you know, I don't care about that. You know, I mean, but if, if you really care about, you know, the, the earth and everything on the earth, you got to care about the animals, too. Mm-hmm. You know, so how do you feel about that? Well, I, th- I think a lot of people say, oh, I don't care about that because it's really a, def- a defense mechanism. It's more that they don't know how to change it or they feel like the issue is so big they don't know what to do. Um, so for some people, they're just very used to eating meat that they they have no idea what else to, to eat. And really, it's not the meat that they like. It's really more the sauces and the flavorings, which can very easily be done with plant substitutes these days. Yeah. But um, for the for the actual, you know, learning about the animals and the injustices that are done to them and how widespread it is, yeah, it goes on all over the place. Most people don't realize that um, it's leather and it's wool and it's silk and it's all these other products that aren't things that we eat, but it's things that we use. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's a much bigger um, much bigger industry than what most people believe it is. So once your eyes get open to some of the options that are available to you and that you really can make a difference every day with your dollars, with the things that you decide to purchase each and every day, it just takes a little more effort to read a label before you make that purchase. So what I don't understand this is that there's this 2% of people that actually care about animals, okay, and then everybody else can care less, really. You know, and then you got, actually, actually, wait, hold on. There's people like me that watch the videos but still eat meat, you know. So it's like, you know, so more or less I still go, you know, to the shop. I still go to Stop and Shop and, and uh, shop right, and I buy my meat, you know, because I don't see the poor thing, you know, getting its head chopped off, you know, mm-hmm. in front of me. You know, so it's like, it's like more or less it's there, you buy it, and you eat it. You know, so it's, uh, to me, it's like, wow, I did watch that video. I saw what was going on. That's heinous and horrible. But then I go to the store, and I just see a little piece of meat there, and I'm like, okay, it looks appetizing to me, and I pick <laughs> it up and I bring it home, you know. Uh- Well, I I think your choice of words is very appropriate, and that's very much how people think and how they act. And you said, I go to the store and I buy my meat. Well, it's not really your meat. Whose meat is it really? And so if you stop and think about it, then the choice is much different. But you're you're just automatically buying that meat. Now, if right next to the meat was a package of a meat alternative, then you at least would see that there are options. And there have been huge inroads with that. Um, In fact, the cover story of the latest American Vegan magazine, we had the pleasure of interviewing the man who's the CEO of Beyond Meat, which is a company that makes plant-based meats, but 
it tastes like chicken or it tastes like beef. Mm. And they're really expanding. And it's exciting to see things like this. Mm. So when you, are, when you are given options, then hopefully you'll look at that package and go, huh, that's interesting, and you'll pick it up. And you'll look at it, and then you'll remember that movie, and you'll say, oh, okay, I can make a difference, because he just made it that much easier for you to connect. Uh, For a lot of people, it's going to be that you have a friend who invites you to dinner, which is why I was inviting you to dinner earlier, and I make you something like, say you say that your absolute favorite thing is shepherd's pie, and, you know, you grew up eating shepherd's pie and you love it. You know, the beefy crumples in there mixed with the vegetables and the tangy sauce is just amazing. And the, the, adding the mashed potatoes on top, oh, it's just, you could eat that, you know, every Sunday for the rest of your life and be happy. Well, okay, if you tell me that, I'm going to make the extra effort to go out of my way to get some of these meat alternative crumbles to go in there. And I'm going to really make a great dish for you. So a lot of times it takes that personal touch. So the people who are vegan, who really have a strong commitment, who have attended that documentary with someone like you, who um, you, you were touched by it but not touched enough to know how to do something different, hopefully that person who does know how to cook something vegan will invite you over to dinner or invite you to go to your local restaurant and try something vegan. Like I've offered to to take people to a restaurant and said, I'll pay if you share the vegan dish with me. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. Uh, it's really interesting the reaction that people get when I, <laughs> when I offer to pay as long as they, you know, agree to, to split the vegan dish or, you know, we'll, we'll order two vegan dishes and uh, we'll split them. We'll, we'll try two things that way, you know, hey, you don't have to make a decision and be stuck with the vegan dish. What if you don't like it? Hey, we'll get two things. If they're both vegan, I'll try them both. You try them both. I'm sure there's something you'll like. Yeah. I mean, it definitely sounds interesting, you know, per se. I mean, like, I always like trying new things. Mm-hmm. You know, I open my mind up to new things. You know, I'm I'm a I'm that type of a guy where I don't close my mind off and say, oh, that's not going to be any good. No, I mean, you know, I mean, at least I try it, you know, and that, that's the thing. You know, at least you give it a try and you say, hey, you know, hey, I'll give it a try and see what it's all about. You know, hey, and you might like it. You might mm-hmm. actually like it. <laughs> You know, um, but my, my next question is, which is really interesting, how you say um, a substitute for meat when it comes to making, uh, I guess, hamburgers and stuff like that. How do you do that with plants? They, they have so many ways these days. A very popular one is called Saitan. It's made out of wheat, so it, it's a wheat meat. And uh, so that one can have a lot of the same textures as beef products do. Mm -hmm. Um, Beyond Meat, I think, uses um, pea protein and uh, quinoa and things like that in some of their their items because um, they like to offer a gluten-free option. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are a lot of soy products that are available. So to really get the the texture of meat, you'll be you'd be surprised. Even mushrooms, uh, I make a really good chili, and mushrooms are what I use, finely chopped instead of meat, and people mm. love it. The mushrooms mm. absorb the the flavors of the chili, mm. and um, you know I I think since you're a mushroom guy, that's probably one of the things I'd give you is is vegetable chili with mushrooms in it. 
That sounds really good, actually. Uh, you know, I, I'm a big mushroom guy. I could eat any type of mushroom, you know. So, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, a mushroom burger sounds interesting. How would you make a mushroom burger without meat? Well, mu- mushroom burgers are really easy because the mushroom itself is a burger. If you get one of those big portobello mushroom caps, okay. that's the size of a burger. And you just lightly saute it. I put a, a touch of oil and some soy sauce in the pan. Uh, a little fresh basil is good, maybe a little salt and pepper, something like that, depending on, you know, if you like things spicy, I might put a little bit of hot pepper in there, but it doesn't mm-hmm. need it. Uh, I think the basil is really um, what what helps it bring out the flavor. And uh, you put that, just you use it like a regular burger. You put it on your, on your bun, you put a little lettuce, tomato, ketchup, or maybe you're a mayo guy. Uh, they've got some good animal-free mayonnaises out there. There's a Just Mayo as a product. There's Veginase as a product. And a lot of people say it tastes just as good or, or better than the egg-based mayonnaise. So we can make you a great mushroom burger. Uh, is there special shops out there for vegans to shop in? There are quite a few specialty stores, but the places that I tend to be, I just go to regular supermarkets. And if there's a particular product that you want, a lot of supermarkets will let you put in a request for it. Okay. But mostly, I just I just try to shop in regular supermarkets. That way, I'm not too reliant on the, the fancy foods that are hard to get. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes what I eat much more doable for the average person. Uh, when you go to the regular supermarket, do you get angry when you see the meat section? I, I don't get angry. Um, I might get a little bit sad, and yeah. um, you know, but I I don't have anger because I'm doing what I was brought up to do. I learned how to be vegan. Uh, I was from my parents. I was brought up doing that, and so yeah. I feel you know sorry for the animals and the sadness for them, and I'm inspired to try and help people learn what happened to them. But I, I don't feel anger against the people who are just continuing with what the standard American culture is. So, you know, I, I can see the change. I can see how much easier it is than when I was brought up. When I was growing up, my mom used to have to make soy milk from real soybeans in a big pot. She wow. had to make tofu by by hand, squishing the soybeans <laughs> around. Wow. Wow. And she used to, like, make bread by hand because you couldn't buy any bread, so she'd be kneading it. And this was before they had bread makers. Um, hummus was something weird that she would concoct out of real chickpeas. Uh, mm. And you can just go in and buy these things. You could buy vegan cookies in supermarkets. There's, yeah. there's you know, all the soy milks and almond milks that you could possibly want now. And yeah, you want to know something? I see so many uh, items now with that little, the vegan tag on it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, wow, if I was a vegan, I could eat this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I'm not really trying to endorse eating a lot of processed foods. These things are still processed. Really, the best foods for you are still the ones that have always been there. The the whole grains, the legumes, the fresh fruits and vegetables. And so, for me, I've got a friend who's an organic farmer. So I go to his to his stand, and you can walk out back and see his field. You can see the vegetables being grown. And so I'm I'm very peaceful about what I'm purchasing, and I know that 
um, doing the least amount of harm by eating the plants as opposed to taking a huge number of plants and processing it through animals and having the harm come to the animals. Uh, it's, it's not just about the animals, but it's also about our resources and about eating the plants directly so that other people on the planet will have food to eat as well. Yeah, and, and also the, the food chain will not be, uh, you know, ruined because we're, we're killing animals, you know. So, I mean, like, again, we have to look at, you know, the food chain, and, hey, there might be a lot more little animals because we're killing a lot more of the big animals, you know, to eat, you know. So, I mean, when it comes down to it, you know, the big animals eat the small animals, you know, the big fish eat the little fish, you know. So uh, it kills the food chain, too. So you got to... Keep in mind, you know, we don't want too much of something, you know, mm-hmm. because, hey, it's it's natural for a shark to eat a little guppy, you know, uh, and, and so on and so forth, you know, yeah. in, in the ocean. You know, so when it comes down to it, you know, food chain can be uh, effective as well, you know, well, but not only that, um, disease, and that's the next question that I wanted to ask you too. Do you think uh, going vegan would eliminate a lot of different forms of diseases. Without question, a lot of the diseases are based off of our eating of animal products, and there are a lot of studies that are done on that. Uh, you can read some great books like The China Study or Reverse and Prevent Heart Disease, and uh, these people are doctors who have really studied the scientific effects of what we eat. And so for me, I like to think of it more as trying to just make good, conscientious decisions every day. And mm-hmm. I know that I'm being more healthful, but for me it's it's more about doing what's right for the animals and for the environment. And with our modern-day transportation, we can truck the fruits and vegetables and grains all over the place, but there's no reason to truck it to the animals and then truck the animals all around as well and uh, just to satisfy our own cravings. I don't think that's right to do to them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, like, you know, I would guess diabetes would go down a lot. You know, I would guess obesity would definitely go down a lot. You know, I, I would definitely think that, you know, like you said, heart disease and stroke would probably go down a lot. Yeah, so some you people know. say those are the animals getting revenge back on us. I'm not um, quite that evil thinking in my ways, but, you know, there there is a lot of science behind it now. Uh, back when my dad went vegan, he did it just for the compassionate reasons. He saw the animal being killed. He knew that he could no longer drink milk because of what happens to the cows. And yeah. so that was enough for him. And so now it's it's kind of exciting that we do have all the health reasonings and the environmental reasonings, you know, all coming together and backing up that veganism is a really good option. You must be uh, really proud of your dad, and he must have been really proud of, you know, of you and, and his wife, you know, you know, sticking with the veganism because, He's been, he was a pioneer. He must have, uh, you know, learned a lot, and obviously he he brought that to knowledge, you know, uh, to everybody, and he actually built, you know, a huge movement in in America. So, you know, hey, I mean, you know, he started a huge movement, so I think that's a great thing. Yes, yes, he was a a pretty interesting man, and, you know, I I knew him as being a dad first, and uh, then 
doing the vegan thing um, second. And so I had, uh, you know, a great, great childhood, a lot of really cool memories of going and listening to him lecturing. And, um, you know, I kind of learned things along the way that I've stuck in my back pocket. And now it's time to bring those out and share them with other people as well. Well, you could be that person that goes out there and shares it with them, you know, and, and you can follow in your dad's footsteps, which is awesome. I do. I, I enjoy doing a lot of a lot of lecture tours and, uh, you know, really connecting with, with people as individuals. And it's amazing how many people have come forth and shared with me stories of how he influenced their lives. Yeah. And now I have some of those similar opportunities because people are very open to the idea of veganism. I'm not sure that I would have been as strong a person as he was to, to <laughs> start something if he hadn't already done it. Yeah, yeah. Well, now your mom is running it, um, and you probably will take over, you know. Uh, so, I mean, that's awesome. That's great. You know, I mean, uh, when you have it all in the family and when it's a huge organization, a huge movement like that, I think it's great. I think it's well, awesome. Yeah, it's been very exciting to see there are a lot of other organizations that have sprung up as well, and we're all working towards the same the same ultimate goal of helping people learn about having these more compassionate options and it's it's just a great time to be a part of it and yeah. uh, i wanted to share with you uh one quick quote from my dad sure. because um this was from a, a chapter he wrote called wisdom and compassion okay. and and it really really kind of tells you a lot about what sort of person he was okay. so so jay Denshaw said to understand the feelings and thoughts of another we need compassion. To adequately assess another's circumstances and be motivated to render meaningful assistance, we should attempt to walk in the shoes, hooves, paws, or fins of another to see things from another angle and viewpoint. Interesting. That's a really, really interesting quote right there because, yeah, you do need compassion you know, to, per se, not kill an animal, you know. Uh, you know, I mean, like, you need that compassion to say, wow, I'm not going to cut this this uh, cow's neck right now, or I'm not going to cut this chicken's head off, you know, yeah. whatever. You know, he included I mean, shoes in that, too. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's not just the animals, but it's also how we treat humans and yeah. When, when we start really thinking about the animals, we think more about how we're treating each other, the, all the beings on the planet. Well, if you think about if you think about that movie Earthlings, it actually goes into the human aspect first. Mm-hmm. That goes into the Holocaust. It goes into what we did with the slaves. You know, back in in the Civil War times. You know, we basically oppressed different people because of their color or their skin or the religion that they follow. You know, um, so we're basically doing the same things now to the animals, and they call that speciesism. Exactly. You know, so, you know, I think, yeah, I, I learned a lot from that movie, as you could tell. But, mm-hmm. you know, I... I, I well, the yeah, animals I think, are really think, the, they're the yeah. next social justice movement. They're the, the big social justice movement of today, where yeah. in the past it was slavery or women's rights or things like that. And so now a lot of people are just kind of waking up to it, and they're going, wow, I had no idea what we did to animals. And yeah. so I think the more people that, that learn, and with the magic of the Internet, 
and uh, great radio stations like you, <laughs> having, yeah, you, having people just talk about it with an open mind. Uh, the way that you started the program was just encouraging people to learn. I think that's really what what it takes to make good changes. Yeah, I, I definitely believe so. I mean, learning is learning. If you're not learning, you're ignorant, and you have a closed mind, and and uh, you're basically dead wood. You know, I mean, you're not really doing anything for the earth. You know, I mean, like, but if you open up your mind and you allow things, new things to come in, you know, and, uh, you know, new things like this, you know, especially when there's only 2% of the population that is vegan, you know, it's good to learn about new things like this. And, hey, you never know. You might like some of the food, you know, <laughs> yes. and so on and so forth, you know. Well, there's a huge amount of people who are learning about it, people who are flexitarians, people who are trying Meatless Monday, people who are vegetarian and just, you know, haven't continued yet uh, getting on towards vegan. Uh, but everybody has to start somewhere. Most people don't just go vegan overnight. And yeah. so we really encourage people to learn about it from three major sources. So maybe you watched Earthlings and you learned a lot about it that way. But maybe the next step is you need to read a book. Um, you know, of course I could mention some books that you could read, but you can figure out which ones I've mentioned. Um but, you know, maybe you need to go to a, an event. Maybe you need to hang out at a veg fest and see thousands of people interested in eating this way and learning how to really live a compassionate lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you learn about it from three very different sources, then you're much more likely to try it and be successful as opposed to just trying it uh, for a few days and going, huh, and I got bored eating my salad that's just tomato, lettuce, and cucumber every night because <laughs> I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. Uh, and so we we have um, we have a lot of encouragement on our website. I want to mention AmericanVegan.org. And so um, if people go there, they can go to what we have that's called Vegan Generation, and it it really encourages connecting people with information so that they can they can learn about it and they can try it and uh, really have the tools they need to succeed. And then the people who are vegan to, to not be judgmental and um, not to have any of that anger, but to just be very welcoming to people and remember what it was like before they became vegan. You know, everybody is compassionate and kind and deserving of being loved. If you give them a chance. Yeah. Interesting. You know, you bring up the word compassion when you said that. When you said that, what well, we just said right here, you know, and I like that word compassion. Your father brings it up, obviously, in, in that quote that you read. Now, the the question is, I mean, like, like I'm a meat eater, but I can't be compassionate per se, you know. So it, it's like, you know, can well, meat eaters be compassionate in, in, in a different way, you know? So I, I don't I don't understand. I mean, it is, it is compassionate, per se, not to eat meat. But if you have a meat eater and that person is compassionate in a different way, you know, so I, I don't know, I guess, the different de- definition, per se, of compassionate from what you were saying and when the way I look at myself as being compassionate. So I, I don't know. Well, I think compassion, uh, most people understand that it's to understand somebody else's circumstances, whether we're talking people or animals. Uh, But I think the part of compassion that people don't always remember is that if someone else is suffering, then 
you're supposed to try and help make it better. You're supposed to be motivated to change things, mm-hmm. to improve them. And that that's the real positive action part of compassion. And mm-hmm. so my dad really did a lot with talking about dynamic harmlessness, which mm-hmm. means to do the least harm and the most good at the same time. And so we celebrate that on Dynamic Harmlessness Day, his birthday, November 2nd. And so if if people are wondering what to do, then to really evaluate what choices they have. And maybe there's not an option to do absolutely no harm, but to see how can they do the least amount of harm and to just try making steps in the right direction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to ask you a hypothetical right here. You know, I don't want you to get offended by it or anything. I'm going to ask you a hypothetical question right here. It's a survival situation. Okay, and there's no plants around, and there's, you know, fish in the water, and there's animals roaming around, and you need to eat. What do you do? Honestly, I don't think that my body would be able to handle eating that anyway, because Mm -hmm. when you've been eating plants for so long, my body would probably reject eating animal matter, and I would probably get even more sick from the physical eating of it, let alone the emotional eating of it, which would probably do me in more quickly. Yeah. So, you know, for your hypothetical situation, um, you know, when you're talking to a a lifelong vegan, uh, I I don't think that my body would be able to to do it at all. So basically you would just... I would probably probably have to, um, you know, look for... Look for those plants that you didn't know where they were. I probably have a stash of them hiding somewhere. <laughs> well, yes, either that, or you would have to know what plants you could eat in the in the forest or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Yep, yep. I, there's there's got to be something besides animals to eat. But I, I'm fortunate that that hypothetical situation doesn't come up. But just the fact that you feel like asking that means that you are thinking. You're you're thinking. We've turned on some light bulbs where your brain is turning away, trying to come up with, you know, what are you going to do tomorrow? What are you going to try? Are you going to make the same choices? And so I'm not, um, I'm not worried if you uh, come up with some questions that, you know, might uh, make other vegans annoyed with you (laughs) or or call it silly or something. Uh, To me, I see that as, being a glimmer of hope that, hey, you know, here's somebody who was not thinking about veganism before we started this conversation, and and now you might make some different decisions, or now you might know where to go um, for some more information, and yeah. and I bet you're going to continue to think about it, and, yeah, and then course. the next step is up to you. It's not up to me. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh my friend Hollis, I asked him the same question. He's a he's a vegan. Actually, he turned from a meat eater to to a vegan, and I asked him the same question, and he laughed and he said, "I would die before I eat an animal." I said, "Oh, okay, I believe you then. <laughs> I believe mm-hmm. you. You know." <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, well, so I, if somebody I, if somebody has to die, a lot of people wouldn't want that on their conscience. Yeah. You know, That's like that—that that would be a fate worse than death to go around with that on my conscience. Yeah, um, I hear you. I hear you. And I, you know, I mean, like, you know, I wouldn't want to kill an animal. I—I'm very compassionate of animals. Okay, listen. Now, see this—I don't know if this, you might consider this a contradiction or whatever, but I'm an animal activist. 
I want to make sure we save as many animals as possible, but I eat animals. So it's like, you know, is that a contradiction? I think it is. But, you know, I'm, 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 an, I'm an animal activist. I, I don't want to see animals in captivity. You know, I don't want to see, you know, animals, dogs and cats being put into these horrible conditions and then being killed by gas or whatever it is. You know, I don't want to see, you know, these animals being put into the circus, per se. You know, and, you know, I disagree with all of that, but yet I eat animals. I eat meat, and I eat well, fish. I think you answered your own question. You you said it's a contradiction, and so you have to decide what are you going to do about it. Are, are you having thoughts in your mind that it is a contradiction? Why do you pick pigs to die and dogs to live. Is there a difference? Have you met a pig? Have you petted one? Have you had the opportunity to look a live cow in the eye and really get to know that being? And odds are maybe you haven't, And whereas you have with a dog or a cat. And that's why there are wonderful places that are farm animal sanctuaries where you can go and you can reach out and you can meet these rescued animals who serve as ambassadors for all the millions and billions of animals who are in that uh, in that lineup to go to the slaughterhouse for a crime, to be slaughtered for a crime they've never committed, but they're already sentenced on death row. And so you're connecting with that tragedy, and you can make a difference. And so mm-hmm. I think that's probably uh, what you want to do. If you're in New York, you can probably just drive a couple hours north to a wonderful place called Woodstock Farm Animal Sanctuary, mm-hmm. and uh, you can go and spend a weekend. You know, you can volunteer there, or you can just take a tour there and uh, go meet some animals. And uh, I won't have to tell you what your decision will be because those animals will talk to you. They may not speak the language of English that you're used to hearing, but they'll definitely talk with you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's really interesting stuff, I tell you. It really is. You know, uh, you know, when you talk about this stuff, you know, I really, per se, never delved into the whole idea of, well, I'm eating animals, but I'm an animal activist. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, you don't think about these things. You well, know? you're in good company. You're very passionate about it up to one point, but then you haven't, you know, crossed over and looked at some other aspects. It's the same thing with environmentalists. There are a lot of people who are very much against fracking or against, um, you know, various fossil fuels and they're, really excited about solar energy and that's terrific and that will make a huge difference but what will make a more immediate difference is to stop eating animals and to stop polluting the earth and knocking down the rainforest with the whole animal production system and so the true environmentalists are going vegan as well just like the true environment the uh, true animal activists are they're starting to connect the dots and learn that there's more to it than than just helping the dogs and the cats. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, really interesting. I'm going to hold on to you right here because I don't know where my other caller is. Uh, hopefully she'll, she'll come in. Uh, but, hey, we may have another half hour with you again. Uh, so and if you don't mind, you know, uh, you know uh, stick along with me here until I can figure out what's going on with my next guest. And, okay, well, uh, I don't, th- I don't think we've served dessert yet, so uh, yes, I-, I could do a couple dessert. more minutes. <laughs> yeah, all right. So let's talk about dessert. 
Well, what do you like? Oh, well, I, now my next question is how do you eat vegetables and, and fruits for dessert? Well, you and have to I, tell I, me, I, are, I like are you a apples. pie guy? I, do you like cake? Do you like um, cookies? I mean, what, what, what turns you on? I like ice cream. Ice cream, okay. Ice cream's great. My mom used to make ice cream back in the 70s in the blender. She would just put bananas and cashew nuts in the blender, and that was it. And then she'd uh, freeze it, and that was ice cream. And so it was really simple to make. Nowadays, people peel the bananas, they freeze them, and then you can go out to some restaurants and get banana whip where the only ingredient is a frozen banana that's been run through a really intense food processor, um, a machine that whips it up or maybe a strong blender. And then they can add different fruits to it. So if you like ice cream, banana-based ice creams are really healthy for you because it's just fruit. If you'd rather have something that tastes a little bit more like the dairy ice cream that you're used to, then there are a lot of uh, products out there that uh, they may have a little more sugar, be a little more processed. But when you go down in most supermarkets, you go down the ice cream aisle, there's at least a couple of brands available that you can buy. And that makes it so easy to have ice cream and be vegan. Oh, that's interesting. What about cake? Well, cake is a little more complicated because most cakes have milk and eggs in them. Yeah. And so with all the non-dairy milks out there, the milk is very easy to substitute. Uh, you can use your soy milk or your almond milk or your coconut milk. But the eggs, uh, if you go to uh, Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, their website is pcrm.org, they have a vegan substitution guide where you can look up something like eggs and they'll give you a whole lot of substitutes for it. So it depends on what you're making. Some cakes I might use a tablespoon of ground flaxseed. Another recipe I might use a mashed up banana. Some other recipe I might use a little bit of oatmeal in there to bind it together. So it depends on if you're using eggs to help make it lighter and fluffier or if you're helping it to bind together, what the exact role of the egg is. And uh, you can find all sorts of wonderful substitutes. Wow. Interesting. Uh, what else could I use for dessert? Anything else? Well, what, what kind of cake do you like? I mean, I've, I've got a great carrot cake recipe. Uh, I can make cheesecake. The I like ingredient. cheesecake. There like you cheesecake. go. Secret yeah. ingredient in cheesecake is tofu. People are often tofu-phobic. They're like, oh, I don't want to touch tofu. Don't feed me that. But it makes a really wonderful creamy cheesecake that mm. um, is much better for you than a regular cheesecake. Wow. And, um, yeah, it's it's actually a lot of fun to make, really easy to make in the kitchen together with someone. And uh, when you read Dating Vegans, you'll you'll read a whole story about a guy who was tofu-phobic, and by the end of a date with me, he was asking for a second piece of my cheesecake. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Um, so that, that book is more about your experiences with people you dated? It's half about my experiences with people I dated. Um, I spent a whole year where I dedicated myself to dating only men who were not vegan, Mm-hmm. And uh, we had kind of a formula. I'd uh, interview them on the first date, and if we clicked, then on the second date, uh, if that went well, I'd invite them to the third date and invite them to be written about and <laughs> make a special meal and take their picture and sign a waiver so I was allowed to write about them. And, uh, yeah, so it was a lot of fun. But I realized that uh, my dating does really well 
uh, till about the third date. <laughs> and uh, obviously, if I had a great long-term relationship, I wouldn't be writing a dating book. So <laughs> I had to reach out to my friends who are in long-term relationships. And I have numerous friends where one person's vegan, the other person isn't, um, either now or when they started the relationship. And they all agreed to give me their stories and their favorite recipes and really show how there are lots of different ways to handle it, whether that means that both people have to eat vegan at home or um, for some people, uh, one of my friends has, she has a, a vegan kitchen, except her husband is allowed to have one drawer where he can keep his animal products, and he has what's called the designated pan of death, and he can only use it um, for his things. Oh, um, gotcha. Yeah, there's okay. there's all sorts of ways that you can you can sort it out. And one of my friends actually was cooking meat for her husband, but she was making a full um, full meal that was completely vegan for herself. And uh, she realized in the process of writing the story of what she was doing, she's like, well, why am I cooking meat for them? I make things that have plenty of protein in them, and it's a full, well-rounded meal. Um, I'm just going to quit cooking the meat. And he he actually didn't complain. He he had no problem with that. (laughs) So a lot of times we just, you know, it comes back to just doing what what we think we're doing. And not really, not really... uh, not really noticing it until someone draws our attention to what our values really are. So, so for you, another hypothetical for you here, you know, for you, when you have a guy and the guy tries everything that you make and say he doesn't like it and he likes to eat meat products and that's it. Bottom line, the guy likes to eat meat products. What do you do? Well, it depends on whether the – there are many reasons why the guy says that. <laughs> sometimes um, sometimes it's not um, quite what the words are, but there's a hidden thing. You know, if he's really eating meat products because he just doesn't like me, well, that's fine. You know, go date someone else. Yeah, um, yeah. If if he's thinking that he really likes eating meat products, there are some some of those meat analogs we were talking about earlier where you get the right sauces on it. You cannot tell the difference. They had taste tests on the Today Show where they could not tell the difference between yeah. them. And yeah. so um, those kind of things are really the key to, oh, if, to having what, a happy if, happy dinner together. But what if what if the guy really loves you, but he does but he eats meat? Well, if he really loves me and he really eats meat, then we have to have an ongoing conversation of where this relationship is going. I have to really evaluate uh, what I would do for love. Would I truly be happy um, if the person ate vegan while he was with me, but then when he was visiting his mom or something for holidays, ate what she made for him? Would I be able to live with that? And that's really a personal decision. You have to decide what you can personally live with. And until I have that right person, I'm not necessarily going to uh, tell you that this or that is what I'm going to do. There were many scenarios in the book where I wound up being faced with certain decisions and talking about them. And so... That's why you got to read the book, even if you're not dating a vegan. <laughs> this, <laughs> this book makes a really good one-night stand. <laughs> it, it'll answer all those questions for you. Oh, interesting. Very interesting, yeah. 
Um, so those are the four books you have out, correct? Are you uh, putting well, those in the That's four of out? them. Um, I have one more uh, cookbook called Healthy Hearty Helpings, which is also a, a very simple, easy recipe book that's available uh, on the website AmericanVegan.org. Mm-hmm. And um, there's also a new book that just came out. Um, I'm not an author. I'm a contributor because it's a collection of, of essays. And okay. this is a, a book called Letters to a New Vegan, where mm. we give encouragement for people who are uh, either just thinking about becoming vegan or um, are truly just new to being vegan. And maybe they don't know a lot of people who are vegan. They don't have a lot of support for it in their neighborhood. And uh, so people like me reach out to them and explain what it is and give them a lot of tools to succeed. Interesting. Very interesting stuff, I have to say. Yeah, I learned a lot today. I did. I learned a lot. (laughs) I opened up my mind to you, and I learned a lot. Uh, So really exciting stuff as uh, we move forward, you know, with this great show. And uh, you've got... Five, uh, four, five great books out there. You got a new one coming out, and I think that's good. I think that's great. You know, especially you know, being that two hey, percent of the population is vegan, and we need to, I guess, uh, start pumping it up. You know, and telling people, hey, you know, being vegan is a, is a cool thing to be. You know, it uh, is. You know, it's becoming very sexy. Yeah, I bet it is. I bet it is. You know, I, I know. Um, you know, there's a lot of groups out there on Facebook. There's a lot of uh, uh, Hollywood stars, you know, that are vegan, too. You know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, just regular people out there that are vegan. You know, I, my friend Alice, you know, he's part of my organization and stuff, and he created within my organization a uh, a uh, vegan, or, uh, you know, group or whatever. And, uh, you know, we have, to, we have some people in there got some people in there. I allowed them to, to obviously set it up. Yeah, I told them, you know, it's all yours. You know, you could you could handle it. You're a vegan, you know. Uh, so uh, he is handling that group and he's doing a really good job of doing it um, and so on and so forth. So like I said, I am very open to veganism. I am very open to it. I just haven't started yet. <laughs> you know, uh, and uh you know, I'm open to anything that tastes good, basically. If it tastes good, I'll eat it. Oh, well, <laughs> great. <know>? That's basically <laughs> it. You know, if it's something that I don't like, I won't eat it. You know, that's basically it. That's it, that's it with anything. You know, that's it with anything is that, you know, if you have a taste for something, you're going to like it. If you don't, well, you're not going to ever eat that again. But at least you got to try everything once. And that's me. i got to try everything once. You know, and if I like it, I like it. If I don't, nah, it's all right. I don't want that, you know. Uh, But, uh, you know, it's uh, definitely something you want to try. You know, it's definitely something you want to try. Nothing wrong with, um, you know, slowly moving into the vegan world, you know, Um, and uh, so on and so forth. I, I I don't know. You know, it's like uh, can't get out of this habit. You know, it's a, it's like uh, something that you grow up with, and you, and it's just um, something that's always there. Mm-hmm. Something that's always there. Well, so, sometimes it it takes a catalyst like having your doctor tell you that your cholesterol is too high, or you know, for some people they suffer a heart attack, or some people they, um, you know, they they hit a 
hit an animal driving with their car and suddenly they connect with an animal and you know or or some other way that they they see an animal suffer firsthand maybe they see their their neighbor butcher a chicken or what whatever it is there there's often something that's a catalyst to to change your path and so I don't necessarily know what that is going to be. Yeah. Um, I can't I can't foretell your future, but I think no. the fact that you're thinking about it and talking about it, I think is great. The next step is is to take some action. So the people who are listening to your show right now, who are who are still listening after this long dinner, um, <laughs> who are enjoying it as much as as I am. Uh, you know, if, if they happen to be vegan and they run into you and invite you over for dinner, well, then they know the pressure's on. They gotta gotta cook you something amazing because you only give it one chance. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> if uh, if I happen to be that person, then that's great. I I know we'll succeed in getting you something you like for a dinner. Uh, I'll also make sure to to get in touch with I'm when I'm up in your area lecturing, and maybe you'll have the pleasure of eating dinner not just with me, but with 50 other people who are interested in learning. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Let, let me know. Definitely, I, I'll introduce you to my friend Hollis. He would be really excited to meet you because he he's like uh, he's trying to change people vegan, and if I introduce him to a vegan, he'll just go crazy, I think. Uh, so uh, I will definitely introduce him to you, and uh, maybe we can introduce him to your books and stuff like that. Maybe he can help you in some way. I, I don't know, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. so there's also a lot of uh, meetup groups. If you don't get the opportunity to meet me, um, but you're interested in something like this, a lot of there are a lot of meetup groups. If you just type in your, your area and the word vegan, um, a lot of them have potlucks or they have dining out events where they go to a restaurant together. And so then um, you're just surrounded by people who are learning. And most of them, you know, they have these groups because they want to welcome people like you to come and learn and have a great experience. So I really encourage people to try things like that. Awesome. Awesome. I, you know, it's been fun chatting with you for an hour and a half. It's been great. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I, you know, you learn a lot. You really learn a lot when you when you talk to people, you know that are that have different values than you do, and you know different things, you know per se that you learn from them. And I learned a lot. I learned compassion from you, Anne, and I learned a lot of different uh, things from you today. So I want to thank you for that. Um, You're welcome. And. Uh, Let's uh, move on to promo time since we only have uh, 10 minutes uh, remaining. We'll end the show a little tiny bit early. Uh, so promo time is when you tell us where we can find you and where we can find your books on the Internet. Okay. Well, you can find all my books at AmericanVegan.org. That's the website for American Vegan Society. And... Um, we also have our magazine there, American Vegan, which uh, I work with that as the managing editor. So we have all sorts of resources on the website. So you can find everything at AmericanVegan.org. You can also find ways to contact me through that organization. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, thank you for being here uh, for an hour and a half with me. I think it's great that we actually got a chance to talk and I learned about some recipes and I learned about some really good vegan stuff and uh, really good vegan information. So thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. Yeah. My pleasure. Awesome. And this is uh, Joey Gagel signing off for another great show here 
right here on the Authors Nook channel. We're coming to you tomorrow with three great authors uh, starting at 2, uh, 2 p.m., 2, 3, and then 3 to 4, and then 7 to 8. So three great authors tomorrow. Let's get ready. And then we got Michelle Hughes right there on the 26th. So let's get excited about that. This is Joe Giggle signing off for this great show. We'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.